than worship. It was worship from Psalms chapter 149. There was a level of uh, a dimension of warfare worship that was going on here. And if you're not familiar with Psalms 149, you need to read that because uh, he talks about praise and he talks about worship. But that level of praise and worship, what it does, it begins to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. That's what praise does. That's what worship does. And we had entered into that tonight. I'm talking about problems. I'm talking about spirits. I'm talking about devils. I'm talking about principalities. Amen. There is a level of worship, amen, that we enter into that begins to fight the battle because the Lord lifts his sword and he begins to smite our enemies Let's lift our hands again and do that for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Go ahead. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing right now. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing. Come on. Come on. Faith is risen. Faith is risen in the house. Faith is risen in the house. Just a little bit. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on. God's doing something in the house. I said he's doing something in the house. I said he's doing something in the house. I said he's doing something in the house. He's doing something in the house right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, now, 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 now. Go ahead. Yes. Brother Wilman, there's a scripture in Acts, and you know it, but it talks about the refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. There is a refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a, a two-day-a-week-take-a-shower guy. I'm like every day, you know. It's like, I like that refreshing and I'm not a two-day-a-week praying or worshiping guy either. <laughs> you know, I want to I touch God every day. I want to feel God every day. I want God to touch me every day. I want that refreshing every day. I want that refreshing from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> I said I want that refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. We all know what it's like to get out there in the yard or somewhere at work and you just you sweat and you're dirty you're eight or ten hours and you come home and, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. I know what I want to do. I want to go straight to, and get that refreshing. I said, I want to get that refreshing and that nice shower and cool off and clean up. Oh, and get that refreshing in the natural. But how is it in this world? We got all that junk that hangs on us during the week and all that stuff that hung on you all day long. And sometimes you just got to get home that night and you just got to get in the 
presence of the Lord. You just got to begin worshiping God. You got to begin seeking the face of the Lord and say, it's again, it's me again, Lord. I need your touch. I need your touch. I need your touch. I need your touch once again. Oh, yeah. I got to have the touch of the Lord. Anybody in here like that tonight? I got to have the touch of the Lord. I want his anointing on my life. Oh, I want the presence of the Lord in my life. Wherever I go, I want his presence. Lead me, oh, Lord, with that fire by night and a cloud by day. Lead me, God. Put your words in my mouth. That's what we got to be like. That's what we have to be like. Oh, we got to be ready. We got to be ready. <laughs> we got to be ready. <laughs> oh, it's good to have all of our guests here, some old friends of ours. Glad to have them with us tonight. Amen. I know you've been welcoming them already, but you know what? What's the greatest presence of the Lord? It's not one another. And you know, and we help one another when we worship. You know, if there was ten people here worshiping, you know, it's kind of like a telescope with only ten power. You know. But if you got a hundred people in here, it's kind of like a telescope with a hundred power. You know, because the, the stronger that telescope is, the more it can zoom in on the moon and the stars and the planets. And the more we worship and we help one another as we worship it, and we get closer in the presence of the Lord. And now we're able to zoom in on the presence of the Lord. We're able to zoom in on the miracles. We're able to see the Lord in a greater dimension. We're able to feel the Lord in a greater manner. Amen. I said we're able to feel the Lord in a greater manner. Why? Because we help one another. That's why Jesus didn't say, wherever one of you, just one of you gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst. He said, we're two or three. In other words, get, get, just get at least somebody. Amen. Not that you can't do it by yourself. You know, we do that by ourselves. But he doesn't want us just gathering alone. He wants us to gather with somebody. Amen. As, as much as possible. Why? Because there's power. Because if one shall chase a thousand, two shall put... 5,000 or 10,000 to fly. There's something about the power of multiplication. I said there's something about the power of multiplication. And when we get in his presence like we are now, something is taking place. Hey, Sister Sandy, you just need to start praising God every day for two phone calls. Two incoming phone calls. You just need to start praising God for that. I, I believe it. I believe you could just start praising God. Hallelujah. Because something, God wants to do things. I said, God wants to set us up for a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. You may be seated or you may remain standing, whatever you want to do. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, because I know the Lord, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Not that worketh in him, that worketh in us. There's a power in you. There's a demonstration in you. The presence of the Lord is in you, and you need to exemplify that. You need to emit that. That needs to just come out from you. You ever, you ever just... You ever just stand by somebody, you can just tell they just ate a Wendy's? You could just smell it, right? I mean, you know, it smells good. You like it. I, I enjoy those number ones. You, a little bit of the onion and a little bit. But you know what? As that would emit, what about the presence of the Lord emitting? 
the presence of the Lord emitting. Amen. Moses spent so long with God on top of the mountain that he, he came down. They had to put a, a, a veil over his head and over his face. There was such a glow and such a presence of God because he spent such a, an amount of time in the very presence of the almighty Jehovah God that, that, it, that it just caused him to glow. Tell when somebody's got a bad attitude. Not that I've seen that tonight, but I'm just saying, and you can tell when somebody's got the attitude of the Lord. And you can tell when somebody's got the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. You can tell and you can see and you can feel that anointing, that anointing that's there, what God wants to do. And what God wants to do tonight is above my imagination. I, I can imagine a lot of things, but I don't know all the mind of God. I just get little bits here and there like you do. We get little pieces of the mind of the Lord once in a while, and he shows us a little bit. But who hath known the mind of the Lord that we might instruct him? But we do have the mind of Christ. So we need to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We need to be clothed with humility. We need to have the mind of Christ. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can't live my life for myself and have the mind of Christ. Oh, I've got to meditate, like Paul said, upon these things, give myself wholly unto them, that that my profiting might appear to all. I've got, to, I've got to meditate, like David said, upon these things. Why? So that I might be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Oh, his leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Come on when you're meditating in the word. I'm not meditating in Hollywood. I'm not meditating in the ball games. I'm not meditating all in this world. But I want to meditate in thy word. For thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Oh, nothing shall be impossible unto you. 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 Why? Because nothing's impossible with God. Uh, and you're filled with God. And when you're filled with God, see, we don't have to pray God down. God is already inside of us. You don't have to pray for the healer to show up because the healer lives within you right now. You don't have to pray for deliverance because you've got the deliverer in you right now to get the deliverance that you want. You say, well, I need deliverance. I need victory. I need healing. I'm telling you, it's inside of you right now. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the attributes of God. You got the attributes of the Holy Ghost. You got the attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ when he walked here in flesh. He never turned anybody down. He never said, I'm not going to heal you. He never said, I'm not going to heal you, but he's looking for faith, always looking for faith. Faith is, you know, faith, uh, faith uh, attracts God just like fear attracts the devil. Uh, fear is inverted faith. Fear is uh, really faith in that something bad is going to happen, like faith is uh, believing that something good is going to happen. Oh, faith is, uh, uh, or fear is faith in reverse. It's going the wrong direction. 
It's a belief in bad. It's a, it's a belief in evil. Oh, yeah, fear is a, a belief in evil. It's a belief in wrong. It's a belief that something bad is going to happen. But I don't know about you, but I want to set my affections on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, all things being made subject unto him. And I'll tell you what, tonight you've got power to tread on serpents and over scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall but any means hurt you. I said nothing. Why? Because you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to under the uttermost part of the world. And when he said witnesses, he was not talking about going, say, well, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? Here's a piece of candy, and I'm going to show you how to get to heaven uh, by John 3, 5. And that's all well and good, and we need to do that, but that's not what that's talking about. That power in Acts 1 and 8 is talking about the demonstrative power because nothing gets the attention of the world. And when the blind eye opens up and the deaf ear is unstopped and the lame legs begin to walk again and the cancers and the tumors and the polyps, they disappear instantly. That's the power of X1 and 8. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. That's right. It don't matter what it is. It's possible right now. It's possible right now, right now. Somebody say right now. Right now. If somebody's in here don't have the Holy Ghost, you'll get the Holy Ghost instantly. Instantly, like right now, right now, right now. You get your breakthrough right now. A permanent deliverance, a permanent healing. I, I said a permanent deliverance. 1 Timothy 1.19 says holding faith. And sometimes you've got to hold on to your faith for a little while. You've got to get a hold of faith and you've got to say, I'm not letting go. i got all these symptoms against me. Everything's talking to my senses. I see it wrong. I hear it wrong. I feel it wrong. I smell it wrong. But I'm going to have the sense of faith and I'm not going to believe my five senses. I'm going to have a sense of faith and I'm going to believe what thus saith the word of God. I'm going to believe that holy writ. I'm going to stand on it. It is a sure foundation. I'm going to Live on it. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat the whole roll. I want the word of God in my life. Anybody with me tonight? I want the word of the Lord to be my meat day and night. First Kings eight fifty six. Blessed be the Lord that hath given us, given rest unto His people Israel, according to all that He promised. There hath not failed, there hath not failed, there hath not failed one word. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. Servant, I'm telling you tonight, I believe those promises are still real and alive on this early part of April of 23. I believe whatsoever you shall ask, you can have it if you'll set your faith. Faith is not something wishy-washy. Faith is not even a feeling, but it's a firm persuasion based upon hearing. It's a firm persuasion that what God said in his word, you believe it and you stand on it. Let me give you a testimony. Some of you read it on Realm. I put it on there a couple weeks ago. My brother, seven years older than myself, for about 
seven or ten years. He's been suffering with uh, uh, Parkinson's, shaking. And he has got so bad over the last several months that his whole body would convulse. Not just his hands would be having tremors, but his whole body would convulse without the medications. That's how bad he's been. They called in hospice. Two doctors says they need hospice. Not going to live long. Uh, forgetting his wife. Don't even know who his wife is. Forgets me sometimes. Probably remembers me the most out of everybody. Uh, his daughters, his grandkids that are there all the time. He for, forgot who they were. Has to wear diapers. Not able to get to bed by himself. Ran away twice. They had to go find him. They had to put an ankle bracelet on it with, a, I guess, an RFID chip or something. So that if he does get away, they have to try to find him. You know, they'd be able to find him with that. Bad situation. Bad situation. Falling down in the house. Got to so bad he couldn't even turn a deadbolt because he tried to get out. My sister-in-law would sit by the door, front door for a couple hours while he would lay there on the stairs waiting for her to move because he wants to get out and run. He wants to go. He says, I, where, when are we going home? He doesn't even recognize the house where he lives. Wants to go home to his old house. Not able to play games with the grandkids anymore. Not able to count. Not able to read. Not able to play Monopoly and skip bow and chess and the things he likes to do and we. He's 60, uh, 67, 68 years old. Not able to do those things anymore. Not able to read. Took away his driver's license. Bad situation. Sister Bobby says she's been working with these type of people with Lewy body dementia like he was been diagnosed with and Parkinson's disease. Says she's been working with him for 40 years. Two doctors, like I said, gave him up. Called in hospice, got it set up, got a hospital bed in there. I tell you, everybody just kept praying. All of a sudden, something changed. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, something changed. He's off all of his medications. I talked to him. I talked to him several times a week. I talked to him several times a week. He told me, I think it was last week, he says, my full memory has been restored to me. We talk about politics. We talk about end-time prophecy. We talk about the word of God. We talk about family. Amen. He talks as normal as I do. The doctor says it's a miracle. The doctor says it's a miracle. She said, I've never seen this happen before. Sister Bobby, in 40 years, working with these same type of people, she said, I've never heard of that. I've never seen that happen. The doctor says it's a miracle. The doctor told my, my sister-in-law, said, uh, if this keeps on, we're going to get his driver's license back. Yeah, yeah we're going to get his driver's license back. Hallelujah. That devil's a liar. Well, I looked it up, and they say Louis body dementia. Can, that can happen with Louis body dementia. And I, I read that. I was actually looking at it today. And it, it occasionally it would subside for a while, and a person will get normal for a while. And that, that can happen, it said in, in, in medical reports that I was reading. The devil said, well, you better not say anything about it because, you know, really it may not be healed. Devil, he is healed because you know what? I also looked up uh, the Parkinson's disease. It didn't say that about Parkinson's disease. It didn't say it, 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 didn't say it gets better. 
No, no, it didn't say it gets better. I said he's off of his medications. Uh, I said he's off of his medications, and his full memory has been restored. I said the Lord knows them that are his. I said he knows them that are his. The arm of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot save, and his ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. His, his ear is open to the prayer of the righteous. I just want to tell somebody it's not too late for your miracle. It doesn't matter how far along it's gone or what the prognosis or diagnosis is. It just doesn't matter if it's financial or medically or, or whatever. It just doesn't matter because my Lord can do anything. Some years ago, a friend of mine, he lived in Wisconsin. He was a preacher as well. We were very close friends. And he called me one day and said, listen, my sister's dying with cancer. And he said, uh, would you mind coming to go with me to her house and pray with her? Uh, she's a backslider, has not been in church for years. She's been, she's been bitter at the church. She got hurt, and she hadn't been back to church for some years. Sure, I, I don't know. I drove an hour and a half, two hours one day up to Wisconsin. I met him there, and, of course, it was arranged. She was willing to have somebody. She was given six months to live. Some uh, uh, progressive, uh, very serious breast cancer. I know there's more than one, and I guess she had the bad one. But anyway, uh, she was sitting in a little chair there. We walked in, and me and my friend Carl, we, we just uh, we had a little small talk for two or three minutes with her. But we weren't there to talk in fellowship. And uh, we just been, you know, believing God, trying to do something to see if God would do something for her. She's in a bad situation, you know, bitter, bitter at the church, and, uh, backslid. And my Lord, I tell you what, God's a merciful God, brother. Brother Wellman, I said, he's a merciful God. He's a long-suffering God. I don't want to try him. I don't want to test him on purpose. But I tell you what, he's, so, he's such a good God. He's, he's so merciful. I tell you what, we began to pray with her, and we laid hands on her. And there, was just, there was just an overwhelming presence of God that just hit right there, just 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 came into that room so powerfully, and we just began speaking with tongues, and she began speaking with tongues. Sitting there in that chair, in that little little chair, she was sitting in there by the doorway. <clears throat> and we got done praying. I said, nah, I noticed that you were speaking in tongues, because he told me she'd been backslid, so I just want to ask. I said, I noticed you were speaking with tongues. She said, yeah. I said, well, uh, is it, when, did, when did you do that last? She said, oh, it's been years. It's been years, thank God. But it was sometime after that, some months later, he called me and he said, you know what? My sister has not had a surgery. She has not had any medicine, but the doctor says she's clear of cancer. She has no cancer, no cancer, no medicine. No surgery, no chemotherapy, no radiation. God healed her that day. God drove away the spirit of that disease. God, God come on, God wants to use you in this church today. Come on, you've got that Acts 1, 8, that Acts 1 and 8 power. I said, if you have the Holy Ghost, you have that Acts 1 and 8 power, amen, to pray for the sick and they shall recover. Several years later, we talk quite a bit. Sometimes we go a while and not talk, but, you know, but we talked a lot. We get on the phone for two or three hours. And we just talk about the Lord and ministry and revival and church growth, all that stuff we both love. And, and he called me one day and said, listen, I've been 
it was been a couple years. He said, I just want to tell you, my sister's still free of cancer, still don't have cancer. She still never had any treatments. She still never had any medicine, and she's still healed by the power of God. I said, she's still healed by the power of God. I'm, I'm telling you what God can do today, and you know it. Oh, but God wants to use you. I said, God wants to, you know what we are? We're just like little mini Jesuses walking around. We are. We are. That's right. We're, we're like, we're mini Jesuses walking around. You know, you can call me Charles, you can call me Chuck, you can call me Rodas, you can call me a lot of things, but really my name is Jesus because I, I've been born of his spirit. And, and the name of his spirit is Jesus, and he's my father, and I inherited his name, and you inherited his name, so we could just walk around calling each other Jesus. Now, I doubt if we're going to do that, but back in 1995, I was attempting to plant a church in Calumet City, Illinois. And I'm, th I'm telling you these things to build your faith tonight. It's not about me. It could be about any of us. But we're st starting from scratch. I mean scratch. My mother, my mother was a big help in that time. And we agreed to meet once a week, her and I. And we were going to pray for revival, pray for the city. And we agreed after a couple prayer meetings, we agreed to pray against the spirit of the city, Calumet City, because the city had been known for decades, many decades of being a uh, sin city, like a mini uh, Las Vegas, uh, a lot of prostitution, uh, of a city with about 30,000 people. At one time, it had more than 300 bars and taverns and strip joints. The, the taverns and the bars were not just in a, like a, an area like it would be in some towns, but they were up and down blocks where, where children played, on the corners, houses everywhere. But they, they just put bars and taverns everywhere. It was amazing. <clears throat> so we agreed that we were gonna, we we're going to pray against that spirit of alcoholism in that city. And we're going to pray. We were begin to pray that this city would dry up. It would become a, a, a dry city. And, 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 and God would move and, and, and do something against this spirit of alcoholism and perversion that was in this city. And we prayed on that for several months. And it was just, you know, week after week. And we would remember to pray for that. And I don't know how many months went by. But one day in the newspaper, in 1995, in the newspaper, in, in the Times, and what I've, we have always called the Hammond Times, but it went all over the place. But in the Times newspaper, there was a big, there was a big uh, heading there. What do you call it? On top, on top. Headline. But it said, I was amazed to see it. But it said, Mayor... Jerry Genova, which was the mayor at the time, Mayor Jerry Genova is buying up all the taverns and the bars and the strip clubs. He's buying them up in the city, and they're going to bulldoze them down. And over some months, over the next year or two, that's what they did. You'll, ha you'll hardly find anything in that city that looks like a tavern now. 
There, there are very few. Over there in that sin strip on State Street and then on State Line where all the clubs were and all that stuff was happening, it's all green grass now. I said, it's all green grass. I say, what, just two people coming together? I said, just two of you coming together? What God can do? I said, the miracles that God can do, what God can do in your life, we need to get our faith up and believe for the impossible. Come on, I believe we need to ask for bodacious things. I believe we need to ask for big things. I need to, we need to ask big and broad and tall and long. We need to ask God for the biggest that we can ask and then believe that somehow he's going to do it. There's no way that I could do that. There's no way that you could do that. But when God hears your prayer and God says, yes, that's a good idea. Because you prayed it, I would like to do it. Because you're asking, I want to do it. And he did do it. And, and you can Google it. It's there. It's in the headlines. I don't know why I didn't keep that newspaper. I don't know why I didn't keep it. But an amazing, amazing situation. You know what? You don't have false hope in God. Sometimes our, 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 what we're waiting on in God is just long standing. God spoke to Abraham and said, you're going to have a son. He was 75 years old when he got that promise. His wife was 65. Sarah was 65. That's kind of old to have a baby at 65. Said she never had one, especially. And so, you know, who knows? Probably the next years, him and his wife probably wondering, I wonder why you're not having that baby. I wonder why you're not pregnant. You know, what's, what's going on? What's going on? God said he's going to have a baby. Who knows? Two or three years went by. He's probably thinking the same thing. Just like you and I think. Why didn't God do it? God said he was going to do it. I'm claiming this word. I'm speaking this promise. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my faith in this that God's going to do what he said. I could see it in the word. I claim it. Why am I not seeing it? But it was like it was five years after that initial promise that God came back to him and spoke to him again and renewed that same promise to him. And it was that initial time that God spoke and four additional times over a 25-year period that God came back a total of five times and said the same thing to him, that you're going to have a son, etc., etc. And you know what? After 25 years, God waited for the most impossible situation. Oh, 65 and 75 sounds impossible to me. But God says, no, I want you to be a little older. I want you to be 100, and I want you to be 90, Sarah. Mm, wow. Can you imagine? These just wrinkled up old people walking with their cane. Got that little baby following them. Walking behind them. Because God did what he said. And one day, that little baby, that little promise, that thing you've been asking God for, one day is just going to be walking behind you. You're going to own it. It's going to be yours. You're going to pick it up, and you're going to love on it. You're going you're gonna to kiss it. It's just going to be your promise. It's going to be yours because God's going to bring it to pass. God's going to do it. If God said it, he will do it. God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to die. It is impossible for God to lie. He's going to do it. I said, he's going to do it. Somebody shout, he's going to do it. Oh, no, somebody shout, he's going to do it. Clap your hands to the Lord, will you? Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Man, I love that song, Lord, do what you're famous for. Yeah, you like that song? I wrote that. No, I didn't. I didn't. 
I just danced to it a little bit, Leap for Joy. I didn't write it. And what's that other one? I've seen him move the mountain, and I'll see him do it again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's clap our hands again to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. See, when I was a little boy, I used to have these nosebleeds all the time. They'd take me to the hospital, take me to the doctor. On two different occasions, they, my mom took me to the doctor because my nose wouldn't stop cut, cramp, cotton up my nose, and whatever, and paper up my nose. And man, it would just turn all red and drip, you know, just lean over. One day, I don't know, I might have been about 10. And the doctor had burned something up in their blood vessels or something, and it worked for a little while. But then I, after a while, after a month or so, it started bleeding again. And one day I was uh, in the bathroom, and I was just kind of, the way the tub was positioned, I was sitting on the edge of the tub, and I was leaning over the sink, and I was just, the blood was dripping, you know. Just like I said, around 10 years old, I was really young, and uh, whatever it was, and <clears throat> just dripping, just like it had been doing for years. And uh, my mom, full of the Holy Ghost, uh, Thank God what an example I had of prayer and fasting and uh, the walk with God and all that. And she laid hands on me, began to pray right there and began to command healing and speak to that thing in the name of Jesus. You know, from that nosebleed, that nosebleed stopped. And you know what? From that point, that time until today, I've never had a nosebleed again. I've never again had a nosebleed. Oh, you come too late to tell me God don't do stuff. You've come too late to tell me God won't do it. Come on, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. John 14, 14, Jesus said, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If any two of you agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Any two of you agree. Any two of you agree. So if we're agreeing on something, we're agreeing. We have a God that is obligated to his word. He already wrote it. He obligated himself. It's documented. It's more than a promise. It's a documentation. And he will perform what he said. It isn't always going to happen like we think. But you hold on to that faith. <clears throat> I said hold on to that faith. That's right. See, we feed, we feed our fears sometimes. But we should be feeding our faith feeding our faith. We feed our carnality, but we should be feeding our spirituality. Because when you're feeding your carnality, you are draining your faith. When you're feeding your carnal man, you are draining the very thing that can cause miracles in your life. Huh? Amen? I don't know if you knew that or not. So I was in a meeting this week with my team, that part of my, where I work, and we have a team meeting a few times a week, and we's in one, and uh, they're all denominal Christian believers, great guys, love God. And uh, one of them testified. He said, you know, my, my dad was a pastor. I don't know what they were. Uh, I don't know if they were apostolic or some type of Pentecostal. I don't know. I didn't ask. But he said, when I was a boy, I, I was sitting in a service, and he said, I've seen so many miracles. But he said, um, there was a woman in there that had a glass eye. She was blind and didn't have an eye and had a glass eye over it. You know, you've probably heard of that before. But she said, in that service, nobody touched her. But all of a sudden, that glass eye popped out, and it landed right in her hand. 
And all of a sudden, she could see, and God instantly created a miracle, uh, an eye in that, in that hole in, her, in that socket. And so when God created that eye, the, it popped the, the, the glass eye out. Hallelujah. Now she's got two eyes to see with instead of one. Oh, hallelujah. Can God do it? Oh, I don't need to lay hands on you. Oh, you may not need to lay hands on anybody, but God can do it right now, and he'll do it according to your faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. Oh, my. See, there was ten lepers, and he healed all of them. Only one came back to give him praise. Are you going to give him praise? You're going to be one of the nine, or are you going to be that one that came back to give him praise? And so the one came back, and he said, I'm going to give you a double portion, in my words. I'm going to do more for you than what you ask. The Bible says that he restored him. He made him whole, in other words. Amen. The, the, the disease that had destroyed the fingers, and there were just nubs, and nubs for toes, and maybe, maybe the nose was gone. So, sores on his body. <clears throat> that the cancer had destroyed portions of his body, because you can't feel pain. Um, not the cancer, but the... the, the Leprosy. Thank you. But I believe what it, what it meant there that he restored, I believe those fingers grew back instantly. I believe the toes and the nose and whatever was ruined in his body, I, I believe it just came back, just like that eye. Popped that glass eye out, landed in her hand, and she could see with both eyes clearly. God is a God of miracles. He still parts the Red Seas. Amen. I said he'll part the Red Sea for you tonight. You may be in the burning, fiery furnace. Amen. But I know a man by the name of Shadrach, another one by Meshach, and another one by the name of Abednego. And they were in the burning, fiery furnace. Amen. But they were thrown in there, and they said, hey, we're not going to bow down to this God, God will deliver us, but if he don't, we're still not bound down to you, king, and we got to have some grit like that. You got to have some faith like that. You got to have some determination like that, that God's going to do it, that God's going to perform it. And all of a sudden, a fourth man appeared in the flame. And that fourth man, you may not realize it, but he's with you in the fire tonight. He's with you in the flame tonight. And I believe the Old Testament scripture says, I will bring the third part through the fire. And I will try them as gold is tried. And I will refine them as silver is refined. And God will bring you through the fire. But he's going to bring you out on the other side pure as gold. It takes fire to purify the gold. I'm almost done. I could go another hour, but I won't. My God used my mom a lot. It was amazing to see the things that God would do through her with a sinner husband that gambled the money away sometimes at the racetrack. Boy, she had a hard time with that. Boy, whew. she was a little fireball sometimes. <laughs> but she was diagnosed one day with uh, diverticulitis, and probably most of us know what that is. But you know, when you get diverticulitis, it don't go away. At least in that day, there was no cure. I'm going back some years, a few, several decades ago. There was no cure for diverticulitis, and so there's things that she could not eat because it would upset her system and upset her bowels. 
Amen. But I don't know if she prayed for herself or somebody got prayer. I don't know what happened. But she testified to me, says, the Lord has healed me of diverticulitis. She said, I'm eating whatever I want to eat. And for the last at least 20 years of her life, she ate what she wanted to and had no symptoms, no problems with that condition at all. Oh, hallelujah. You know, speaking looses the word to perform. And when we're speaking like tonight, you're speaking, I'm speaking, we're all speaking the word of the Lord and we're speaking the promises, we're claiming them, we're verbalizing them. It's one thing to think it, but when you speak, what you're doing is you are releasing faith. You are releasing faith to happen. You are releasing faith to take action and perform the thing that you're believing in your heart. The word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach, that we speak. So we've got to get it out of our heart, up into, uh, up into our mouth, and we've got to speak it out. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. God's going to do the other. I'm claiming this in Jesus' name. I will not be defeated. I will not die in the fire. I will not die in the Red Sea. I'm coming through. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. If we could, Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for your presence in this service. It's been mighty. Lord God, throughout this service, you're here, Lord. You're, you're that refreshing presence that we feel liberating us even right now, liberating us, liberating us, healing us, delivering us, setting us free, healing sickness and conditions of the body right now, right now in Jesus' name. Miracles, I believe in miracles. I believe they can happen any time at any moment when we believe. Oh, we can't put God in a box and say, you've got to do it this way. God's got his ways, and it's going to blow your mind. It'll blow my mind what God will do if we just trust in him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Anybody just wants to come up and claim something, just come on up front and claim your miracle, claim your revival, claim your family, claim your spouse and your children and grandchildren, claim your ministry, claim the gifts of the Spirit, claim something that you want because God is listening tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, that's right. Just lift your voice as you come, lift your hands. That's right. Claim it. Now speak it. Don't just think it. Claim it. What have you been praying for? Say it out loud. Say it out loud. That's right. There's power in the spoken word.
Where the word of a king is, there is power. Come on, you're a king and you're a priest in the presence of the Lord right now. Claim it and speak it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, why don't you just go to somebody and begin to pray with them right now. Just reach over to your brother or your sister, amen, and join with somebody right now. If two agree, come on, if any two agree, amen, we're going to agree right here and right now. We're going to do some agreeing in Jesus' name. I've come for revival. I've come for a miracle. I've come for the gifts of the Spirit. I've come for a breakthrough. I've come for a deliverance. I've come for a healing in my body. Yes, I have. You may not know what it is, but in your spirit, you are agreeing with that person right now. Oh, come on. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. Come on, believe it right now, right now. Come on, right now, right now, right now. Not tomorrow, not another day, not another service, right now. Right now, the Lord, right now, the Lord. He's a miracle worker right now. Something bothering you, tell it to go. Something bothering you, tell it to go. Pain in your body, tell it to go. Something in your mind that shouldn't be there, tell it to go.